Good morning. Our God is an awesome and wonderful God, isn't He? He's a loving and merciful and an amazing God. You know, this morning the first hymn and then the first chorus speaks of, you know, creating me a pure heart, a clean heart, and Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. You know, we, we, that is why we study His Word. That's why we pray. That's why we come and worship and you know, worship together to learn about God and to allow God to work and shape our lives and to mold our hearts. That's the main thing, to mold our hearts and that our hearts would be pure, that our hearts would be holy, that we would be more like Him, that you know, He can shape us into what He wants us to be. And He wants us to have a good heart, a clean heart and a pure heart. So many words we could use to describe the heart that God wants to have in us, the, toward Him and towards others. You know, love God and love your neighbor, right? You can only do that when you have a clean heart and a pure heart. This morning, my message, message I titled, Daniel's Troubling Dream. So we're going to continue in Daniel in chapter 7, verses 1 through 16 this morning. And you know, Daniel was not in chronological order, if you will, because this morning, you'll see we're going to be speaking of in the first year of Belshazzar, who was King Nebuchadnezzar's son. So you had Nebuchadnezzar as we began, and then King Belshazzar, then uh, King Darius or Cyrus. And then now Daniel is going into his dreams. So he's backing up and saying in the first year of Belshazzar. So it's not in order. So they placed it like he had the king's dreams. And now we're going to be moving into Daniel's prophetic visions and dreams that he shares concerning kingdoms and powers and even things that will happen towards the end of time. So there, there's a lot of interesting uh, symbolism and, and stuff here that we're going to look at in Daniel, I'm sure in the weeks to come also. So let's hear the word of the Lord. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second, like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise and devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and a dominion was given to it. And after this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, it had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth Speaking, speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. 
His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flames. And as for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. And I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of the, all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. May God add his blessings to the hearing and the reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are so gracious and kind to give us your word, to help us learn and understand your ways. And Father, even to learn of the things that may come to uh, happen and take place in the future. Father God, did you reveal these things to us that we would know what to look for, the signs that uh, will come upon the earth. And Father God, I pray most of all that you would help us to be faithful, faithful to you in all of our ways. May your spirit be upon us today, Lord God, and speak to our hearts and our minds. Help us to receive all that you have for us. And Lord, that we may live and serve you, Lord, to your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you look at history, the history of mankind, it seems like there's always been a time where nations are against one another, empires or kingdoms or rulers that are against one another at odds against one another. You know, as long as you have men that are aspiring to be the next great leader or uh, uh, power, you're going to have turmoil, you're going to have troubles in the world. It said that the stirring up of the great sea, and I, I, this is symbolism. The sea, they're not speaking of the actual, you know, you go down to the ocean, they're not talking about the waves of turning, but they're talking about the stirring up of the peoples, the people of the world. The people are sometimes referred to as the sea. In Isaiah chapter 17, verses 12 and 13, it says, Woe to the multitude of many people who make a noise like the roar of the seas, and to the rushing of nations that make a rush, rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. The nations will rush like the rushing of many waters, but God will rebuke them and they will flee far away and be chased like the chaff off of the mountain before the wind, like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. You know, when you think of the, if you've ever studied Daniel and Revelation and even some of the things Jesus taught about the end of times, we know that the Antichrist and the false prophet and all those that are against God's people and against God will rise up from among the people, right? They're not really going to rise up out of the sea. They're going to rise up from among, among the sea of people that are out there today. And it could very well, you know, there's many anti-Christ out there today. People that are against Christ, against His church. They speak against it, but there will be a, 
one antichrist that will rise as a world leader, that many will look to him. And you know, there's a parallel between the beast in Daniel's vision and the image in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. There's some parallels in this. The first beast, the lion which had the wings of an eagle, represent the Babylonian Empire. Babylon is sometimes referred to in Scripture as a lion. In Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 7, it's referring to Babylon. You have to read the whole thing. It says, The lion has come up from his thicket, and the, and the destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. And they're speaking of Babylon here in this passage. So he's, that Babylon is called the lion. So the lion with the wings that were plucked off and lifted up to make to made to stand like a man reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar in his well, not just in his dream, God revealed to him what was going to happen, but you remember God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. If you remember, he gave him the vision of the tree that that revealed his massive empire and that all the world looked to him, and his his kingdom reached to the ends of the earth, it says. And then he gave him 12 months to humble himself, and he did not. Again, he's up on the roof of his palace, and he's saying, look at all that my hands have built. How great is my kingdom. And God humbled him right then. And what did he do? He made him be like one of the beasts, and he grazed in the field. And it said that, his, that the hair grew like feathers on his back. So he was on all fours, and had feathers like a bird on him for seven seasons, it says. But then what happened? God restored his sanity to him, raised him up, stood on two feet again, plucked his feathers off, and restored his kingdom. So the four beat, the, 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 the lion with the, the wings were plucked off, was made to stand up again. So you see there is a parallel there. The second beast, the bear... The bear had three ribs between its teeth and was raised up on one side. This represents the Medes and the Persians who defeated Babylon. Now you know a bear is a very strong and vicious animal that can destroy much. I just had a friend share with me the other day that a bear smashed the windshield of his daughter's car and got in there, ripped the seats up, and I said, what was in there? He said, donuts. <laughs> so that strong bear smashed through the windshield of the car to get to the donuts. So they, a bear is very strong and it also can be very vicious. <laughs> the bear also has a sweet tooth. Yes, they do. <laughs> but this bear raised up on one side. So you think, okay, what does that mean? A bear raised up on one side. It was raised up on one side, and we know that it represents the Persians and the Medes because the Persian half of that united front was stronger than the Medes. So the Persians stronger than the Medes. That's why one side was raised up. And the most common explanation of the ribs is this. It represents the nations that they destroyed. Lydia, Egypt, and Babylon. They conquered them and became the next world power. Then you have the third beast, the leopard. The leopard with its four heads and four wings. They represent Alexander the Great. 
The wings represent the swiftness that He conquered the nations of the world. The swiftness. It was with a mighty swiftness and a mighty power. If you remember, I said that He conquered some empires without even raising a sword because His reputation preceded Him. They knew that He was coming, so they just waved a surrender flag, surrendered to Him. So the wings represent the swiftness, but the four heads, what does that represent? It represents that his lifespan was pretty short. Alexander the Great died at a very young age. I think he was in his 40s. I may be mistaken there, but very young. So his kingdom then was divided into four parts. That's the four heads. In the four parts, Palestine and Egypt went to Ptolemy. Syria was ruled by Seleucus. Thrace and Asia Minor was governed by Lysimachus and Macedon, and Greece was governed by Antetor and Cassander. So it was divided into four different parts. So that is the third beast. But the most interesting, interesting we'll get to, the fourth beast, the one I believe that caused him the most trouble in his dream, the most troublesome. He said it was dreadful and terrible. The fourth beast represented the Roman Empire. The Roman army swept across the ancient world and defeated one nation after another until the empire extended from the Atlantic Ocean east to the Caspian Sea and from North, Af North Africa to the Rhine and Dunby Rivers. You know, some people are very intrigued by prophecy. They like to study it. They like to search it out and try to figure out, oh, I'm going to search all these prophecies out and try to figure out when the Lord's coming back. They're very intrigued by it. Uh, but you know, others are like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with that prophecy. It's just confusing. There's so much symbolism. I don't know what it all means. You know, it's so hard to understand what this represents and what that represents. But you know, the prophecies in Daniel chapter 7 and some of the prophecies in Revelations, the way they lined up, you know, it's really not real hard to figure out what some of it is saying. And I, I am thankful that God has given us this. To, you know, the Word says, Jesus even says, no man knows the day nor the hour, right? right? We do not know the day nor the hour that the Lord's going to return. But I believe that we can know the season that He will return. Because He's given us clear things that will come to pass before His return. And I realize some of these things that Daniel seen came to pass shortly after, you know, or during or after his lifetime. But there's others that are more futuristic that will come to pass maybe in our lifetime and maybe not. Maybe in our children or grandchildren's lifetime. We don't know. But thank God that He has given us these things to know what to look for. You know, He knows which kingdoms will rise and which kingdoms will fall. He knows who's going to be the next ruler in the world. It's kind of like history written beforehand, isn't it? When God gives us a prophetic word. Because He knows all things. The last beast was different than all the others before it. That last beast, I believe, has a great prophetic message for the last days. The days when the Antichrist and his armies will, will wage war against God. John's vision and revelation of the beast seems to be a combination of the beast mentioned in Daniel. There's a lot of similarity to the actions and even a little bit of the description of the beast. 
So we're going to look to Revelations chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. John says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Again, we're looking at the sea, right? They're rising up out of the sea. Again, that could be the sea of people. Having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. So again, we see the ten horns there. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, had his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion. So again, we have all three creatures, four rather, you have three mentioned as the bear, the lion, the leopard, all mentioned in Daniel's. But it's kind of like they're all rolled into one. And his power, his throne, and great authority. Or the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And we know who the dragon is, right? Satan. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his dreadful wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I want to turn to Daniel. Scripture that I did not give them, verses 23 through 25. Thus says, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Sounds like I'm reading from Revelation again, doesn't it? The ten horns are ten kings who shall rise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into His hand for a time and half a time. So Daniel's beast had ten horns, John had ten horns, but also had ten crowns. But they each had eyes. The eyes represent a a man or a person of great knowledge and, and wisdom, and thinking that they know all things and all will look to Him. You know, you think about the the union of nations and nations coming together, and you think, well, the European Union, and I know that that's way too many nations joined together. It's 28 nations that have joined together, and they have an, uh, an internal single market. You know, they have a standardized monetary system and a standardized laws that control this European Union, these 28 nations. So I know that's too many, but at least the concept of joining together is shown there. But personally, I believe that God's Word is true. When He says there will be ten nations or empires that join together, there will be ten. I believe that there will be ten. So that is a sign that we as believers can look for. Look for that ten nations that join together. And that can be a sign that say, hey, it is near. We know the season, right? 
the little horn represents the last world ruler, the man called Antichrist. And I again, these two visions, I believe, make it very clear of something that will happen before the very end of time, the last days. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15 through 22, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, so Jesus is referring to what we're talking about today. He says, When you see the abomination spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. He says, when you see. So you see, we can see it. We will see it. If we are here, we will see it and know. When you see that which was spoken of in Daniel. So you think God gave these dreams to Daniel just to confuse us? Just to disturb him? No. God gave us these words, gave that dream to Daniel and those dreams and visions to John so that we can know what to look for. So we can be prepared. But may He give us the understanding and the wisdom to know for sure, for sure that what we see is what He has prophesied. To know these things. To know that the rule and the kingdoms of the world powers is coming to an end. Because we know His kingdom is the kingdom that will never be destroyed. You know, a lot of people just shake with fear when you get to talking about these things. The last days and all this stuff that's going to take place. But for believers, those who believe in Jesus Christ and their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, friends, this is good news for us. We should long for the coming of the day of the Lord. If you believe in Him, you should long for His coming. You know, when you look at the world around us today, you look at the the impact of the evil and the wickedness. And, you know, I, I was sharing with Karen the other day, I have a, a, a friend that has a real good friend that's a state police officer. And he said that some of these drugs they have out there today, he was speaking specifically of heroin, he said, it's as small as a grain of pepper, a pepper seed. And he put some pepper seeds in his hand. And he had about five of them in there. He said, see at the size of that? He said, because this is what his friend showed him. A pepper grain. He said, that is laced, it's heroin laced with fentanyl. He said, one speck that size, you are hooked. You're an addict. And he pointed to the others. He said, that many right there kills you. That is how wicked and evil that the things of the world are now. Satan is out to kill to destroy, and to deceive the world. He is against God. He's against God's people. He's against the saints. And He wants to destroy them. 
So we should look to the time of Christ when He comes and the powers of this world are crushed and trampled and He sets up His rule and His kingdom. Because there will be no evil. There will be no drugs. There will be no murder. There will be no rape. There will be no stealing. Because there will be peace. There will be truth. There will be joy. That is our hope. That we should look for that day. And not cringe, but look for it. It's good news. Daniel 7.27 said, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. Hallelujah. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all the, king, all the dominions shall serve and obey Him. So we should long for the day where Jesus Christ will rule and reign on the earth. Because He will rule and reign in righteousness, and peace, and hope, and joy. You know, go back to, clean back to the vision of this, the, the image, the great image that God gave Nebuchadnezzar. The ten toes. The toes made of iron and clay, right? Do you remember what happened to those ten toes, anybody? That stone that was cut out without hands that represents Jesus Christ crushed the ten toes. That represents the ten nations that joined together. Christ will crush them. Amen? Alright, I'm glad somebody can get an amen. Christ will crush them and set up His rule and His kingdom upon this earth couple more verses that I didn't give. <clears throat> but the court shall be seated, verses 26 and 27 in Daniel 7. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people. I know I already read part of that. The saints of the Most High, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions, again, shall serve and obey him. You know, God lives outside of our time domain. And God can see the past. He can see the future. He can see the now. You know, He sees... When we go to a parade, what do you see? You stand there and you just got to watch it all as it comes by, right? You can't see the whole thing at once. But God can. I don't care how long. That parade's a lifetime. God sees it all. All we see is one little tiny speck. But God sees it and knows it all. We only know in part, but He knows all things. He knows the beginning from the end. So our God will reign and He will rule. But are we going to trust in Him? Are we going to watch in faith for these things? But you can know. Don't be fearful of the prophetic word, but search it out. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you discernment and give you understanding. And then make sure that your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. Because when your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life, you are part of the saints that will be given to And then we will reign and rule, reign with Him forevermore. Amen?